I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm talking to Amy, who is kind of a combo of a success story and it's a coaching episode as well. So Amy has actually been one of my private coaching clients for, she was uh, last year for a bit. And so we have been talking back and forth for a year and she has made a ton of progress and I'm really proud of her. And we go through some of that at the beginning of the episode. So you get a sense of what we've worked on. Uh, But she emailed me recently and had another question and, and it's sort of next level, like things are going really well for her. So even after we stopped working together, she continued to have epiphanies and and make progress. And she had a big one over the holidays. And <laughs> she, she, she pinged me because things were going so well that she was sort of freaked out that it was bound to all fall apart. <laughs> and, and she didn't, she wanted to know how to feel because she basically felt like she should be prepared for it to get worse. And she wasn't sure how to do that. Uh, it's, it's kind of wonderful to have a problem like this, but it's also a real fear. And it's it's really common, especially if you have done a lot of dieting or things in your life in general, you tend to overanalyze and worry about. If you're if you're a worrier, this is a really real problem. And if you've had experience dieting, you actually have real reasons to think that all this success is gonna go away as soon as one thing gets hard. So Amy and I talked this over and talk about how to frame it. You know, we talk a lot about expectations and what success looks like long-term. Like, obviously nobody's just like happy and perfect forever. Like that's not, that's not real. But, you know, I go through and show her that actually everything that she's been doing is what success looks like. And it's really, it's really sweet to hear her at the end, accept that and internalize that and acknowledge it and realize what that means, which is that she has figured this out. And while her work is never completely done, it won't be the burden that it used to be for her. She, her, her health is something she now has control over. So it's, it's a wonderful episode and it's kind of meta and next level, but I know you guys and you like stuff like that. So listen to Amy's story and enjoy. Hey, Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, this is exciting for me. I've I've known you for a while and and you've made a lot of progress. Why don't you start by giving us some of the the background to your question because I know there's a lot of context that is necessary for it to really make sense and for for other people to understand where you're at. Sure, sure. So, I feel like this process really kicked into full swing on New Year's Day. Um, but before that, I, as you know, had been talking with you about a year ago, trying to just get in the right, um, mind zone for thinking like a foodist, eating like a foodist and just mapping out those first steps. And I took a long time to really get there and feel like I was making progress really about a year, I I would say, of just exploring different options, kind of getting, some stability at home since we're a military family, there's just a lot of upheaval and, um, change. And I had to learn to be constant in all that change. So I had a really great visit with my mom actually. And she came 
to see us uh, over Christmas. And we just had a really honest conversation about health goals and where I wanted to be, you know, and I look to my mom as such a role model and she's kind of a mirror for me for how I would like to be when I'm older. And I just respect how well she takes care of herself. And she just shared some simple tips with me. And sometimes when your parents talk to you, you know, even as an adult, you, you do feel like a little kid again, but (laughs) this was in a, in a really good way. She kind of freed me from some mental obligations I had put on myself. And one of those was, you know, she said, you do not have to clear your plate after every meal. And I just kind of laughed because it seems so obvious. But when your parent tells you that, you know, even if you're 36, you can say, oh, okay, thanks. So that was one of her interesting um, suggestions. And it really, it really was powerful to me. Cool. So that's really awesome that you have such a good relationship with your mother. I'm little jealous, I have to say. But that's really fantastic that um, you were able to connect with her about this stuff. Was that it? Was that all her advice or was there more? Um, She said that, uh, you know, and as you've told me to, like, really listen to your body, you know, and I was actually eating as we were talking. And um, somehow in the middle of this conversation, I realized I'm not hungry anymore. And I said this out loud. And she said, then just stop. (laughs) Like you don't have to finish that, save it for later. Or if it won't keep, you know, just dispose of it. Don't feel guilty about that. She's like, your guilt is what's motivating you right now to make these choices. And again, you know, wow, mom, (laughs) that is powerful. Yeah. And that really struck home with you. It really, it really did. I, I just felt like she just, press the easy button for me <laughs> and stop overthinking it, you know? It's fascinating. So basically what you're saying is that your mother helped you identify a li- uh, limiting belief. Yeah, she really did. Around a need to eat everything on your plate. Right. And like I would be letting either the person who made it down or myself down if I'm the one who made it, if I didn't finish it. And and that's what it was. That was the motivation was just to not disappoint uh, someone. I think so. And also feeling like I have to live up to what I tell my daughters, which is to eat their food. Um, and it's a battle sometimes. So I felt like if I tell them that, then I should do it too. Right. Um, and after that conversation with my mom, I, I do not really enforce that with them at all anymore. I just ask them if they're full and if they're full, then good enough. There's no judgment, you know, on what they chose to eat on their plate. Wow. Intergenerational advice. Yes, (laughs) it truly was. Cool. So this was just a few weeks ago. This was uh, over Christmas. Yep. I can remember the day it was December 29th. And, and so you, both you and your daughters are no longer cleaning your plates you're just eating until you're not hungry anymore. Yep. And I feel like we're enjoying mealtime a lot more. It's not a struggle. <laughs> what, because of this? I think just, right, there, the expectation that I have properly fed you and you are, have received you know, enough nutrition because of quantity versus quality, that, that expectation has been 
lifted. Oh, so you had the, so you had your own guilt, right? That your mother identified for you. Mm -hmm. And then that was sort of fueling another level of stress around the table. Yeah. And now it's gone. Now, now it's gone. I just, I just don't attach any judgment to it. It's not a reflection on, on me if they don't choose to eat their food or my cooking. It's not a reflection on them for not choosing to, to eat everything like they're deliberately trying not to eat. It's just, I, I trust their sense of fullness or you know, satiety. And I don't think I did before. That's fantastic. And how old are your children? Um, my oldest is eight, almost nine. And my youngest is six. And they're generally pretty good eaters. They are. And their tastes have definitely uh, grown to be more varied, I'd say, in the last couple of years. And I like to just let them explore their plate. And it's interesting to see what they like and what they don't. And I just try to respect that and (laughs) not tell them what to eat. Great. Great. And so for you personally, like how has this impacted? Cause I haven't, I haven't personally spoken to you since, uh, for, for a couple of months now. So right. fill me in. Well, um, I, I think what really helped was the second week of this, uh, commitment, um, your mindful meal challenge started and it gave me this whole new level of awareness that, um, Help me see that, you know, I really have a lot going on when I'm eating, like <laughs> externally, internally. And so it it felt luxurious, indulgent even, to just sit there with my food and not think about every, you know, bite and what it meant from like a caloric perspective or from a starch perspective or whatever, a macronutrient perspective, but just enjoy it. and. Um, so folding that practice in really helped me to appreciate my food and visually and texturally and flavor wise. So you and, were mostly thinking of of the sort of nutritious nutritional qualities of your food while you were eating. Yes, and I was already planning the next meal. Like, if this is will this fill me up enough? Hmm, I don't know. Well, if it doesn't, I guess I can eat this. You know, in the next two hour interval, and I. I I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> wow. So this was, these were triggers that you recognized just from doing the challenge. Absolutely. And you didn't yeah. know you were doing it. I did not realize I was doing, I was like strategizing <laughs> the next, the rest of the day while I was eating that meal. You how, know. how not enjoyable. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's been a great kind of revelation over the last three weeks. Um, I find that I really don't need to eat as much as I was. Um, I don't want to eat as much as I was either. I think that more importantly, Hmm. I just great distinction, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I just feel like I can trust myself when I'm full and to give it a little bit of time because inevitably with, you know, within about that 20 minute window, that third taco isn't looking too good. (laughs) You realize like, I don't, I just don't really want to eat that. I'm good. Right. Right. So it has now been four weeks? Yeah, just starting, uh, I guess, the fourth week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And have you had any, like, physical results or anything like that? Yeah, I I believe so. Um, 
you know, it's hard. You see yourself every day. So sometimes it's hard to see yourself objectively, but I do notice that my clothes feel looser. Um, I've been really trying to frame progress in like the non-scale victory category because as you so, you know, hopefully pointed out the, the scale and the weight are just one data point and they don't really encapsulate you and your progress, you know, um, in its entirety. So I, um, have noticed I have more energy. I feel like my, I, I just feel like my skin looks a little bit brighter and my eyes are a little brighter. I just feel happy, like just generally pretty happy and like looking forward to things and not feeling so burdened literally. Yeah. I imagine. I mean that it's that, what you were doing with the guilt and the thoughts of, you know, nutrition and what should I do and what shouldn't I do? I mean that you don't realize what a burden that is on your daily life. Right. It's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I always joke that it's exhausting being me, but now I kind of know why. <laughs> Let some of those things go. <laughs> Amazing. That's fantastic. So, but, so this isn't a success story call, even though you are a success. Um, you still have another question about this and, and I, I wanted you to, to set this up for us to, you know, I, I want everybody to know you're coming from a really good place. Um, and this is sort of a, a next level question. So what's wrong at this point? So it sounds well, like everything's going great. So, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to think of it like, um, a fairy tale. <laughs> I feel like I just opened the door to what happily ever after could look like. Right. Um, but what does it look like? How do you make that happen on a daily basis? What if it's not, you know, happily ever after every day? It's like the honeymoon phase with my New Year's commitments. I, I feel like I'm transitioning out of that phase, like the sort of ideal, you know, I, idealism maybe. And now it's more about the realism. And I have to figure out what do I do when life throws a curveball at me? Will I let all of those old habits kind of take the reins again, because that's what I know. And that's what has seen me through other tough times. So you're worried that this is too good to be true. Yeah, a little bit, (laughs) a little bit. And you're also worried that you're in some sort of kind of like the beginning of a diet where everything's working and you're Mm -hmm. like losing weight and feeling great. And then inevitably something happens and it stops working and you know, all, all hell breaks loose. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, um, so it, ha- so j- just to clarify, nothing's happened yet, right? Um, I think the most challenging hurdle I've encountered so far is just a rather short military separation. Um, but long enough that it kind of threw me for a loop because my husband and I are doing this together and that's been great. So, I was kind of flying solo last week and it, it did hit me kind of hard actually, you know, because that support system wasn't right next to me to bounce ideas off of or, or encourage me or for me to encourage him, which helps me succeed, you know, to, to, to encourage him is also very helpful for me. I see. So you're, you're doing well and you were doing, did you do the mindful meal challenge with your husband? 
Um, we didn't do that together, unfortunately, but I did tell him about it and he thought it sounded pretty interesting. Okay. So he was your, your cheerleader and you guys were making this progress together and he had to go away for, for military work stuff. And this was last week or a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. This was last week. Last week. And that threw you off a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it really did. I like to think of myself as pretty independent, but sometimes that can bite me in the butt, you know, because you don't open yourself up to that positive shared experience with someone else that can, you know, it can be very uplifting. Totally. Totally. Yes. There's, there's definitely upsides of being independent and upsides of mm-hmm. being able to trust someone right. um, with, with right. things you actually need. Um, but I'm curious, what ha- have you had? So you were, um, it sounds like you were emotionally upset. What were, did you have any actual ramifications? Did you start like eating more or anything like that? Or did the guilt come back or anything like that? You know, it's funny. I, I felt like I had the space from, you know, my past habits of eating and, and feeling guilty or like constantly strategizing. And it, it gave me the space to recognize I'm having this emotion, be a little bit detached from it. And then accept that I was having it and realize that's why I want to go in the kitchen right now and grab something sweet. Like I really hadn't had those cravings, but suddenly they came back and hit me full force. And I thought, you know, this is strange. What's happening? Am I losing all my resolve? And then I, I just kind of asked myself that question, like, why do I want this? And then the answer was pretty clear, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad, just a little blue and sugar always makes me feel a little bit, you know, perked up. Um, but I didn't let it like run the show. Hmm. You know, I just, I had a little bit of an indulgent day that, that first weekend he was gone and, and the girls, you know, my daughters are kind of also my external, um, quality control. <laughs> people and they said, Hey mom, what you doing? <laughs> you know, what are you eating there? And that also gave me pause, you know, cause they, they're very perceptive and supportive and they want me to succeed. And, and so having that conversation with them also helped to identify why I suddenly want to eat that way again. And okay. So this was last weekend. Yep. Okay. Last week. And so this is actually amazing. So, so you, you were doing great, but in a situation that was ideal mm-hmm. for the most right. part. And then life happened and your yep. husband had to go away. And you know, it, it's, that actually is interesting to me. Cause I remember when you, when you and I first began talking, you were like, my husband's going on deployment. This is the perfect opportunity to get healthy. And you were actually <laughs> worried about him coming back. Right. <laughs> I, I know. Isn't that surprising? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but this is good. You know, it's, it's good to, obviously you want to be happy with him there. So, so that's, um, I'm going <laughs> to yes. call that progress. Yes. Um, but you lost your support buddy and you had emotions and mm-hmm. you, and you were able, um, it sounds like through your practice of acknowledging your triggers and stuff that we go through during the, during the challenge to, recognize your feeling for what it was and what it, what it was triggering you to do. Right. Or to want to do. Right. And, and, and and actually this is really cool. So not only that, but you realized that you had a choice Mm -hmm. and how to react to it. Yep. I had a kind of fork in the road and 
I realized there were non food options that would also help me feel better because I know that they will now. I fully believe that and have experienced and I know that that also works. You know, like exercising or listening to music, reading a book, calling my mom, you know, whatever it is. All of those things also help me feel better. Right. So you weren't 100% dependent on your kitchen. Right. (laughs) To solve your unhappiness. Yeah. Uh, and you also realize that it's okay. It sounds like you under, you understood that like it's okay to be upset. Yeah, and I think that's new for me. I I I feel like in the military spouse culture, it's it's sometimes it's really hard to admit or acknowledge to ourselves that we're upset. We don't want to be in a state of upset, you know when there is change and upheaval and things beyond our control, but it's okay. Yeah. You, you feel, you feel like you have to be the strong one. Right. For your kids or your spouse or your family, your friends even. Um, but it's okay to have those feelings and not think that they're just going to make you self-destructive. It's just, they're just feelings. Right. And you would be weird if you didn't have them. (laughs) Yeah, it would. It would be a little worried. I think. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a little weird because I mean, it's your it's your life partner and your love and your your teammate. So it makes sense that you'd be upset or a little, uh, just a little sad. Like your heart's not going to be in the same place as it is when he's around and everything's great. Right. Exactly. So, and you know, you can you you know from experience and because because how it goes is that this is going to keep happening. Exactly. And that is such a good point. Um, so dovetailing on the week he was gone, he'll now be gone for another four weeks. Right. And I think that was also sort of fueling this emotional response. Um, because I know this change will keep happening. I know there will still be things outside of my control. Um, but I have, a new roadmap to follow. You know, I don't need to go running to the kitchen or if I do, like I'm just going to enjoy whatever that little something is and then just move on and not obsess over it. Awesome. And that's key. That's, that's a critical realization as well. Good job that, (laughs) that, um, you can have like, if, if you're every fiber in your body is like, you know what? Today, cookie. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Have you know, have, have the darn cookie. <laughs> right. Enjoy it. Like, drop the guilt. Drop the whatever else that comes with it. Just enjoy the darn cookie. Yeah. Actually eat it. Actually experience it. And 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 with the acknowledgement that that can also be part of your, your self-care, you just don't want it to go overboard because then, make, then it becomes destructive. Exactly. Yes. All right. So you already have an example of how amazingly resilient you are. Oh, thank you. I try. And, but you're still worried. Right. I feel like there's still that sense of when the other shoe drops, you know, (laughs) has it really hit the fan yet? And will I navigate it successfully or what does success look like? Maybe that's the question, I guess. What, What does success look like in that situation? And how do you stay the course? Right. Uh, you're doing it. This is what it looks like. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. It is awesome. And, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's funny the way you said it, like, when's the shoe going to drop? Because it's like, you feel like it's just a matter of time. Like, I, I know the feeling so well, because like you feel like it's just a matter of time when this just becomes another, like, super disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, something where you thought you were making progress and you felt good and you had this, like, it's almost like, a, it's almost mean because it, like, gets your hopes up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you can't actually like enjoy the happiness and the, the success because as I did with eating, I'm, I'm almost, you know, strategizing slash worrying again about what's the game plan, you know, if everything goes sideways. Exactly. The only problem here is that you're worrying about it. And worrying does not burn calories. I have learned. <laughs> <laughs> And it does, and it does a lot to make you exhausted and it does a lot to undermine your happiness. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that, that's, I, I'm really glad that you, you made that connection. It's the same thing. Right. So your fear of, of having, you know, losing control again one day, letting everything slip between your fingers, going back, you know, going backward to a time when you couldn't control what you ate and, you made bad decisions and you regretted it and felt bad about it. That is the same as you, while you're eating, counting the nutrients and the calories and wondering what you're going to eat later and trying to fix something that isn't broken yet. Right. Yep. That, that sounds about right. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's super normal to do this and I have, some good news is that the more you practice recognizing your thoughts and your triggers and your inner feelings and how they all play together and get you to, to torture yourself, the right. more you recognize that pattern, the easier it is, the easier it gets. Okay. Because you, you develop, so currently you have a life, <laughs> you said you were 36, you have a 36 years of practice worrying yourself to death mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a habit. It's a, it's a mental habit. Yep. And what you're doing now is you're working on building a different set of mental habits. And it's definitely hard. I mean, the the habits we have, the the internal mental patterns that we have, I mean, most of those are set up totally unintentionally and when we're children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we right. we we develop a worldview and we proceed through life just reinforcing it over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And rarely does it change much. So those are strong. You know, those are really strong circuits in your brain. But the the key, as you've as you've demonstrated many times today, which is awesome. And so I hope you're you're starting to believe it, is that when you catch it, when you become aware of the limiting belief or the 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 mental trigger that is pushing you in one direction. Once you're aware of it, then you can decide whether or not you want to do it. Okay. Cause normally we, you know, historically you do this stuff on autopilot, right? Yeah. And actually you just made me think about something, a, a habit, a kind of side habit <laughs> uh, that I used to do when I was a student, which was I would just angst over tests and, would convince myself that 
I'm probably going to fail. And then I would not fail, (laughs) but I would torture myself studying, overstudying, you know, drilling it into the ground. And when my husband and I were in graduate school together, I think at one point he was just like, you are going to drive yourself crazy. Like you're not going to fail. You're prepared. You've got this, you know? And, uh, and I would look at him and think, how are you not worried? (laughs) We have the same test. (laughs) And, uh, he just, it's just not his approach to things. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a strategy you use, but not everybody uses. No, <laughs> and I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, I, I like to hear that. So, right. So again, so this is a, a pattern for you. And it's very common, especially among women, you, you know, to feel like there's always more worrying to do. You know, there's always, you always want to be vigilant. And it, it, it comes from a place, it comes from a good place, which is worth keeping in mind. You know, it comes from you wanting to do good. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But sometimes it goes a little haywire. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so being aware that that's part of your brain and like, that's how it works. And, and just being, being deliberate in when you choose to embrace that strategy and when you choose to let it go. Okay. And that's your path. Yes, that's true. Yeah, things will come up. Um, one of the cool things, one of the cool things, and I'm going to try to give you some like reassurance here. <laughs> one mm-hmm. of the cool things about the way you have gone about approaching your new health style is that it's incredibly resilient. I mean, you've spent a year trying to really dig down into what you want, what works for you. What doesn't work for you? I, I know that you, you've like you've learned to cook, and you've gotten your kids involved, and you've become more active, and now you're you're practicing mindful eating, and it's working. You know, you've you're happier. Like you just said, you like are in like happily ever after land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And the cool thing is because it's not a diet, because it's not one thing you're doing. It's like ten things you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's super resilient. So maybe an unseen, like very stressful thing happens, right? Maybe it'll throw off one of your habits or two of your habits, but you'll still have those other eight. Ah, okay. This, this reminds me of a recent podcast of yours when you said that a lot of times it's not just one new habit you've started. You've got six or seven other ones that you've already been doing, but you know, together they help you be successful. Right. Together they add up to, to meaningful progress, right? Any one of them is just one, you know, maybe you'll lose three or four pounds, but you know, you add them all together and that's how people lose 40, 50, 60 pounds or whatever, or less or 10, like whatever it is. And then it, but it's the exact same thing going the other direction. You can't be derailed by losing one or two habits. Right. Okay. And I mean, and, and, and then when you do, you know, maybe you'll gain five pounds or maybe you'll, you know, have trouble getting your workouts back to the way you like them or whatever, but that's just one problem. It's like one solvable issue. Right. You know what I mean? And you can troubleshoot that for a couple of weeks and you'll figure it out. It's not, not the end of the world. And, but the, the important thing to understand is that with this approach, you have all those other things too. Also, Okay. You know, all your other habits. 
Yeah. And I feel like they're more friends, you know, in the room <laughs> saying, Hey, we're here. We got this part. You just need to work on this part. And rather than a bunch of, you know, negative habits sort of clamoring for your attention, like, which one are you going to do today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you think? I think that I am good with taking it one day at a time. That has been kind of my motto, whether it's one step at a time, if I'm exercising or just one day at a time as I'm thinking about, you know, my health style and what I would like it to, to be eventually. Um, and not try to plan uh, the rest of my life right now <laughs> or even the next year, but just take each day and, and appreciate it for what it is and learn what I can from it and not say, okay, this did me in, I'm done and I can't bounce back. Awesome. Do you have any lingering fears? Not really. I think I'm just excited. Um, you're, but it is, you're almost afraid to say that. I, I know. I kind of, my voice kind of quavered a little bit. I'm excited. <laughs> it's going to be great. I think it's hard to sometimes imagine that, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to make this goal. I'm going to do it. But you know what? I, to quote um, Adrian from Rocky, you're going to do it. <laughs> So there. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and I think that's what I think you put your finger on it. What you're experiencing is a lack of certainty because you've never done it this way before. Exactly. Which is totally normal when you've never done something before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you don't know how it's gonna go. Right. Like Columbus or Magellan or yeah. <laughs> right. Like I, I just gave you an example. I, I what I tried to do is show you that you're already doing it. Okay. You know what I mean? You know, with the with your husband's recent recent departure. So that shoe isn't going to drop. It's already hit the ground and kept running. I think so, yeah. I think that's what it looks like. All right. Crazy, huh? Yeah. I <laughs> I think um I th I think I just passed some other hurdle. Thank you. Like the way seems a little clearer. Awesome. I love this. I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and asking this question because it's, it's one of those things where it's pretty high in the air. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a, yeah. it's a, it's sort of abstract. It's an abstract question and mm -hmm. it's a higher level question. I mean, you've already had a tremendous amount of success and you've already been working on this for a long time. So like, despite all that, I, I, I really appreciate when people ask questions like this on the show, because I know that a lot of people listening or everybody listening is at a different place in their journey. Mm -hmm. And people, there are going to be a lot of people in the same place you are, like where they're just starting to have like real, actual, tangible success and like feeling really good about it mm -hmm. and are just terrified that it's just going to go away. Right. Like it's something they can't hold on to, but it was luck or something. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and also people who are just starting out, it's important. Like, I think it's really important also to understand what to expect, because I feel like one of the big issues I have with people who are new to not dieting and, and sort of approaching health, like a foodist, they often have expectations are a bit out of whack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They mm -hmm. expect I do this, I do that, I do this. 
I hit my goal weight and then I stay there. You know, it's, it's because what we've all been doing is dieting and that's how dieting works or that's the, that's the myth of dieting. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, if you're new, I, I want you to really pay attention to this episode in the sense that this is a, this is the way the journey looks. It never ends. It just, mm-hmm. you become better at managing the things that come up and they don't tear you down like they would if you were, hundred percent reliant on your willpower to get you through everything. Yep. Totally agree with that. It's not always about the outcome. A lot of times it's about the effort and that is what gets you through. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're habits, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy effort. Yep. Sure is. Well, I am happy for you and you're happy ever after. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's so cool. And yeah. Do you have anything, do you have any other questions or you feel like you're set? Um, I feel like I'll, you know, I'm always probably going to be asking questions, <laughs> but I know um, you're just an email away and I really appreciate your support. And I just want to say to, you know, everyone listening that, you know, you can do it. You can totally do this. You can totally do this. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.